welcome back to What the HR Podcast. I'm Jesse Novi, an HR business partner with CH Robinson. And I'm Mike Toole, HR technology consultant with SAP SuccessFactors. Welcome to another episode of What the HR. Today, we're joined by Sue Campbell, who is the communications director for the Center for Parental Leave Leadership, which is the first consulting and coaching company devoted exclusively to helping our nation's families employees, employers, and companies improve their parental leave policy and practice. Sue is also the co-author of the book, The Parental Leave Playbook, 10 Touch Points to Transition Smoothly, Strengthen Your Family, and Continue Building Your Career. The Parental Leave Playbook is a first-of-its-kind evidence-based framework for helping working parents navigate this major life and career transition. In this episode, um, Sue and Mike and I talk specifically about the services that the Center for Parental Leave Leadership provides to both organizations as well as um, individuals on how to navigate parental leave. We also talk um, a lot uh, about the playbook, specifically breaking down some of the sections such as the importance of communicating at the right time, setting expectations with your manager, how to keep your career moving um, even when you return from work and are in this transitional phase of now being a working parent, and how you don't have to sacrifice your professional career goals and aspirations, even though you've chosen to have a family. Um, We also talk about at the end of the episode, so make sure you listen to um, the episode fully about how if you are as passionate about this topic as I am and and Sue and Mike are, um, there are specific ways that you can get in touch with your local legislators um, to share uh, your desire to make parental leave paid uh, within the U.S., knowing how far behind we are here compared to other countries. So as always, we hope you enjoy this episode. If you do enjoy the episode and are um, loving our guests as much as we are, we hope that you'll take some time to go out and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Help us spread the word about the podcast and get it in front of other HR practitioners and executives. And thanks as always for listening. Enjoy the episode. Sue, welcome to the What the HR podcast. We're really excited to have you this afternoon. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. So we gave our listeners an overview of your bio at the top of the podcast, but would love for you to share a little bit more about your background, uh, what brought you into this work, and then maybe you can even transition into what brought you to the Center for Parental Leave Leadership. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I actually have a bit of an HR background myself. Um, I worked for uh, the city of Portland in the HR department for years in a variety of roles. And um, when I uh, moved on to another department um, during a software implementation, uh, when we were implementing SAP, funnily enough, um, and during that time, I had my first child and then I had my second child before I ended up leaving the city. And in the interim between those two children, I met Amy Beacom, who's my co-author on the book. And she's the CEO of the Center for Parental Leave Leadership. And our children actually went to school together. And she immediately enlisted me in her cause because, I, you know, even working in HR, I had had a 
an interesting parental leave experience. It wasn't horrible by, you know, the standards of today by any means, but it was much different than I would have expected, right? Um, There wasn't really a set way of doing parental leave. Everyone was kind of flying by the seat of their pants and making it up as they went along. And I felt sort of adrift in some ways. And Amy basically laid out her philosophy for me, which I'm sure we'll go into as we get through the call. Um, And I was writing on the side. I was freelance writing on the side while I was working for the city. And she's like, I need your skills. I need you to help me write things. (laughs) Uh, And so I did. And we started working together. And actually, eventually, I transitioned away from the city and had uh, just a roster of freelance clients. And Amy was chief among those clients. And I've been working with Amy off and on. Um, for years and years. And of course we ended up writing the book together. That's great. Um, It's funny how just lives um, kind of emerge sometimes out of nowhere and they end up being these uh, beautiful opportunities, both personally and professionally with people. So that's a a great story about you and Amy's uh, professional relationship, but likely a strong uh, personal friendship. Absolutely. We're dear, dear friends. She's absolutely one of my best friends as well. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Well, can you share with our listeners um, some of the services that the Parental Leave Leadership Organization offers? I've, I've had the opportunity to spend some time on the website and was really impressed with um, the offerings. And, um, you know, in addition to maybe sharing the offerings, Sue, if you could also share who could use them, you know, is it specific uh, for organizations only or could, you know, just an individual that's looking for resources use um, that the organization as well? Great, great question. So um, Amy started the Center for Parental Leave Leadership as uh, a way to try to make some systemic change when at the time in, in the U.S. we weren't ready for any sort of paid leave policy. We still don't have a paid leave policy, but we're getting closer. So one of her brilliant ideas was that we need to go through the workplace, right? The workplace really has the power to make the most difference and gain the most benefit from supporting parents, right? It helps you retain employees, helps you build loyalty, keep people productive and keep people happy, So I thought this was absolutely brilliant. So a lot of what we offer is for organizations. Um, We will come in and we very strongly believe in um, co-training. So we're not just coaching a new parent. We are also training their manager in how these two people can work together to have this um, improved relationship and improved support around this particular time frame. We strongly believe this is not a parent's problem to solve, right? I think anyone who's been had a child as a working parent in this country knows there's a lot of improvement uh, that can be made in the system, and we don't think it should be all on parents to do that. So uh, one of the ways we can do that is going through an organization and helping them understand the benefits of supporting this time. So on the employer side, we do manager training. We often are brought in initially for policy work. So they, you know, they know they want to offer something more, but they don't know what goes into making a good policy. So we will help them set up a policy, um, give them some training. Sometimes there are just workshops. One of the uh, coolest things, and I think that has the potential to make the most impact, is we offer an assessment called the Parental Leave Transition Assessment, or the PLTA. And this is um, a, you know, evidence-based assessment that Amy and our other Amy, um, Amy Pitlavani, uh, who is our research head, 
have developed. Amy started developing and then, and then Amy P came in and helped finish the job, but it is the first tool of its kind where people in the workplace setting can really take a complete assessment that will give them a snapshot of everything that's impacting their parental leave transition. What are their assets that they can lean on more heavily? And what are the liabilities, the things that might sabotage their transition, right? And we're going to let the, the parent define success of what that transition looks like. Um, so that tool is quite amazing. And that's something that we use heavily in our coaching, right? We have someone take that assessment that gives us a, an amazing picture of where that person's at that might take, you know, six private sessions to get all of that information. We get it through the PLTA and then we're able to very quickly help that parent move through their transition more smoothly. So that's a, you know, a nutshell of what happens on the organizational side. On the parent side, um, parents can get the PLTA on their own so they could decide, oh, my employer doesn't offer this. I really want to take this assessment. And the assessment actually comes with an hour of coaching. So one of our coaches will walk you through your results and help you create an action plan that can you know, create the smoothest transition possible, right? And our action plans are also very heavily reliant on contingencies as well. Um, we also have a product called uh, Making Leave Manageable, and there's a, a manager component of it, and there's a new parent employee component of it. And we are soon to be rolling out a version of that where parents who don't get it through their company could get it um, on a one-to-one -one basis. But we really love to see companies using these tools because it makes such a big difference and gives them the language and the resources that they need to handle the transition well, instead of making it up as they go along. Mm -hmm. Do you find that there's a particular size company that's using your services more frequently? Um, I asked the question because we know that companies, depending on their size, have certain regulations or rules that they have to follow. Um, and so likely, and I'm drawing some assumptions here so you can tell me if my assumptions are correct or incorrect, that maybe those organizations that don't have a legal obligation to, you know, follow certain rules or regulations, um, maybe, you know, come to you to say, Hey, you know, we, we'd like some formality around this. You know, we know that we're not obligated to provide it, but we, you know, based on um, our beliefs, our mission, our values, our employee value proposition, this is something that's meaningful to us. And we want to make sure we offer it to our employees. Yeah. Again, really great question. And we do find that our clients come from a range of different sizes of organizations, right? Um, one of our biggest clients is Microsoft, right? So we helped them develop a manager training, again, to give managers those skills and tools to support it properly, um, rather than it. Sometimes managers don't say anything because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing. Um, so we give them the tools to do that. So you have organizations you know, like the behemoth Microsoft who's very progressive and forward thinking. Um, and then we have smaller startups in the tech space who are clients. We had a major oil and gas company uh, come to us when they were updating their policy and trying to bring in paternity leave as well as maternity leave. And we have, you know, there's a, one of my favorite clients, don't tell the other clients, but it's a engineering uh, firm here in Portland, Oregon, where we're headquartered. Um, and they were extremely progressive and offer well beyond what is required. You know, FEMLA doesn't require paid employers to pay any leave. It's just job protection and not all employers are covered under FEMLA. 
Um, this organization decided to go well above and beyond and created what they call a wellness leave. So it doesn't just cover parental leave, but it covers any sort of FEMLA covered activity, but you get, you know, a paycheck along with it. And you get this just wonderful support um, when you're going through a rocky time or a challenging time or a wonderful time, but time that you need to be away from work. So it really does run a range. And we find that there are any company can do something right, more than is required by law, and really would reap benefits from doing so in terms of um, retaining employees, being able to develop employees, just the climate and culture of your workplace. It just makes a huge, huge difference. So, Sue, we actually recorded a podcast yesterday with the author of Power Mom. So, we talked a little bit about some of these things. And a question that I have is, Although companies are stepping up, some of them like the ones you just talked about, and they're going above and beyond, what's stopping more companies from doing this, in your opinion? Like when you're speaking to them, is it money? Is it control? Like why not? You know, I mean, we've talked about this, maybe not enough, but enough, right? In in whether it's social media or whatnot, like it's proven that this is a good thing. What's taken companies so long? I think there are still a lot of myths that people believe about parental leave. Um, There's still some like cultural barriers to thinking about this time frame and why you would want to support it. Some of it is just that leadership in companies sometimes is still of a generation where things worked very, very differently and the culture was set up differently. And there's some, you know, legacy attitudes around that. Often money is a subject of it. I really love um, the engineering firm that I mentioned, uh, their approach to it when we kind of talked about that, because we're so used to responding to the money objection. When I sort of asked them how they felt about that, their um, head of people who, you know, he's he was a, came from a military background. Uh, he was very traditional, but incredibly forward thinking. And he's like, look, we've already budgeted to pay these people, Right their salary is already in our budget. It really doesn't cost us anything, right? And we're not backfilling. It's kind of like a team environment where everyone's covering for everyone else. There's no reason that we have to create a different section of the budget to cover parental leave. We've already budgeted for this person's salary. And I was just like blown away, right? I was like, that's the first time I've heard anyone approach it that way because the objection is always, it's going to cost too much, it's going to cost too much. And obviously there are costs to have people out and have work coverage, but I think it is a really bigger picture way of looking at the cost objection um, that really kind of takes the air out of some of that argument. So I love that. Um, Another one of the arguments that we hear is just sort of this uniquely American perspective that you're choosing to be a parent. You should make certain sacrifices for that. You shouldn't get paid time off. You shouldn't get things that other people get. Um, so there's some of that mentality is still lingering out there. Uh, and I think those are the, the key objections that we most often hear. But honestly, we're very lucky, lucky to work with so many forward thinking companies where when they come to us, they're like, look, we know our working parents are amazing people and we want to support them and we want to enable them to do their best, but we don't know how to do that. Right. So tell us based on your experience and best practices and evidence base, like just give it to us straight and tell us how to do that. Yeah. That, and that's 
Perfect segue into what I was going to ask is talking about contingency plans for people that they know are going to be out and maybe providing our listeners with uh, some advice. Because I think there are people out there just say, wait, I don't know what I'm going to do if this person is gone for an extended period of time. So how do you how do you work through that? Well, the underlying framing that we like to say is actually this is a huge leadership development opportunity, not just for the the employee who's going out on leave, but for the manager and the team as a whole as well, right? This is an opportunity to strategically plan, to improve team communication, and to have this culture where we look out for one another, right? We're going to, we're going to, we have your back. We're going to cover you. We know this is important. We know you're a human being and not a machine, right? So that's the underlying frame that we like to approach it with. And then you're really looking at, let's say you're a manager in a company, you have the same tool set as the parent. We off, we're giving you the same language, right? When you work with CPLL, you're going to have the same language and the same toolkit. You're just going to use them a little bit differently depending on your role. So you remember I mentioned um, new parents have the parental leave transition assessment. It's these six areas that you look at to get this overall picture. A manager can look at those same key areas and say, okay, what is the situation? right? What are the strengths that this employee is bringing? What are the strengths that my team has that we can leverage? What are the potential sabotages of this and how can we counter them using our assets, right? So you really want to be in that assessment phase instead of being reactive and like, oh, this is a problem, right? Oh my gosh, how am I going to, how am I going to cover while this person is out? You can strategize and get really um, concrete in your assessment and then build a really strong action plan from that. I think too many people just want that quick answer where they're like, oh, okay, well, Jim's just going to take all of, you know, Henry's duties while he's out on parental leave. Um, You don't want to jump to the first, you know, action that you want to take. You want to really make that assessment, do it thoughtfully. How can I use this opportunity to train some people up? or to cross-train um, laterally, right? Who wants to develop this skill set that Henry's duties have? How do you make it into an opportunity where you really leverage it to make everybody stronger? Because you're going to be dealing with it anyway, right? So why not extract all the value out of it that you can? Yeah, those are great examples. And you know, the examples that we've talked to so far today have really been about, you know, companies coming to you to say, hey, we have an appetite to do this. I'm wondering if you guys do any education um, to organizations to, you know, kind of to, to the points uh, of the questions that Mike were asking about just the importance of this. Um, we're, we're in a, uh, a time where, you know, even pre-pandemic, uh, the talent market was tight. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many startup organizations that are coming out of the woodwork, looking to hire talent. There's just so much, there's more competition, it feels, than ever before. Mm-hmm. And so having a really robust total rewards package that demonstrates the value that an employee puts on their or an, an employer puts on their people, I think is so critical to attracting the right talent and retaining the right talent. So if you guys do do any education on this, could you talk a little bit about that? Yes. And that was one of the you know pieces of foundational pieces of Amy's approach is we're not just going to come in and coach your parents so that they don't leave. 
We're going to train your managers as well so that they understand the value of this transition and the value of that employee and how to properly support. So that is a lot of what we do. You know, leadership may bring us in because we can't like go out and proactively educate everyone as much as we would love to. Um, But leadership will bring us in. And then it's our job to go in at that management level, whether it's one to one, because this particular manager has an employee who's facing parental leave or it's more systemic, like at Microsoft, where we did a whole manager training program for all of their managers and supervisory staff. Um, so that is a really important part of our work because that's how we change the system and the culture within organizations. It's not just about you know handing someone a toolkit to get through a challenging time. Yeah. Sue, so can you talk a little bit about, or just give a few tips on the training that you do provide to those managers? Sure. So um, the and the the book, right? So Amy and I wrote a book called The Parental Leave Playbook. And in the book, we cover 10 touch points. And the book is parent focused, right? We wrote it for the parents. But those exact same touch points that the parent is going through are what we train the manager on when we're working with companies as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's an announcement. Everybody, when they are gonna they're expecting a child, at some point they have to make an announcement. So from the parent perspective, you have to figure out what's the tone you're going to strike, right? How are you going to make that announcement? Who are you going to tell? On the manager side, you have to be very aware of how you're receiving that information and how you're responding to that information, right? So there's many horror stories that we've heard um, from parents about like a manager reacting really negatively, right? Where it's just that gut reaction of like, oh, no. How am I going to cover for you? This is terrible. This is the worst possible time, right? (laughs) You don't want to do that. So we give managers a toolkit full of ways to respond. And the first thing out of your mouth should be congratulations. That's wonderful news. Let's put a time on the calendar where we can uh, have our first meeting and start planning how all this is going to look so we can make sure that you're fully supported um, as you transition out and back in, right? That it's that simple as far as the announcement goes. You may be, you know, managing your own internal reaction while you're putting on that brave face, but it's really important to do that, right? Because you can just the whole parental leave transition can be derailed if you that manager has a really negative reaction right out of the gate. It's hard to pull back from that. It can be done, but it's you know leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Well, and I like the pause too. The hey, let's circle back on this because I think I think a lot of people probably do say congratulations. Like, mm-hmm. you know, most people are hopefully decent humans and know that this is a, a great thing, right. but then it maybe shifts right into planning right there and then. And so it right. kind of overshadows that. So you're saying, congratulations, put us, put aside time for us then to talk more about it. Yes, exactly. Okay. So that's first tip for announcement. And then the next touch point, for example, is the assessment phase. So as a manager in an organization, you're going to do the assessment. You're also going to ask the employee to do the assessment. Tell me everything you've got going on right now, right? Get Let's get everything down so we can look at it together. And then you're coming together. And again, having that collaborative approach that this is not a problem. This is something that we can strategize about and we can come to a plan that's going to work well for everyone. Um, so that's the assess. And then based on the assessment, you're going to create that action plan. It's also really critical for managers to understand that, you know, your action plan is somebody's best guess 
Uh, children do not have a reputation for cooperating <laughs> with exact timelines and, you know, the situations that we would want to have. And most people are welcoming babies. We try to be really inclusive. It absolutely could be adoption and you'd have older children. Uh, but you want to look at an action plan is your, you know, best hope. And then you need a series of contingency plans, right? Just to be real. Uh, you really need those contingency plans and you need to let that employee know that using a contingency plan does not mean something has gone wrong, does not mean anyone has failed, right? We make contingency plans because we are, are humans and we don't have control over the world. Um, so just the very act of planning actually makes you much more flexible to pivot in the moment if things don't go according to plan because you've thought through so many scenarios at that point. Um, and then, you know, the the middle section um, is really where it's when you're talking about the parent, you're acknowledging the transition to parenthood um, from a company perspective or an organizational perspective. How are you going to mark that in a beautiful celebratory way? Are you going to have a lunch for employees? Are you going to throw a little party, a little baby shower? And you want to make sure that you're consistent sort of in what you're offering to employees. And, but also for that particular employee, what's their comfort level? Right. If you've got a very introverted employee, they may not want to be the center of attention. So you want to be thoughtful about those little touches, but you do want to mark the occasion in a way that feels special. Um, and then uh, appropriately keeping in touch. So while that employee is actually out on leave, how do you ensure that um, they know what they need to know, but you're not violating any laws? You're not making them work. If they're out on FEMLA, they cannot work while they're on FEMLA. But we always ask the employee to create a keep in touch strategy, right? If there's going to be a major reorganization at the company, that employee probably wants a heads up before they come back and walk into something that is completely different than when they left for example. So there are certain ways that you can keep in touch that respect the employee's privacy, but also serve that employee well and serve the organization as well. Those are just a couple tips to get you started. So regarding those tips and really the book in general, you know, our, our focus today has really kind of been on the individual that's conceiving the child, mm -hmm. but we know that parental leave um, includes both parties in the relationship. So are there items in the playbook that give um, counsel to the other individual in the relationship that isn't having the child and what kind of discussions they should too be having with their employer about their expectations while and on leave. Absolutely. And the book is written for any parent, whether you are the person, you know, if you are having um, a baby and someone is actually pregnant and birthing, um, great. You can use the book. If you are the partner uh, who is not giving birth, you can use the book. Right. Uh, we also just at a company level, again, whenever we are helping someone write a policy, we want them to understand that the best policies are gender neutral. Right. You do not give different um, allocations to moms or dads, however they identify. Um, you do not um, make for a while. It was kind of. Um, it was a trend in policy making that you would have a lead parent who would get certain benefits. And then you have like a secondary parent who would yeah. get lesser benefits. That's incredibly problematic as well. Um, one of the things, if one of your organizational goals, so many organizations now have a, they want to grow their female talent pipeline. 
Um, when you enable men and women to take leave equally, right, you have um, leveled the playing field in a lot of ways. Because if it's just as likely that Michael's going to go out on parental leave as I'm going to go out on parental leave for the same length of time, then there aren't those unconscious biases that come up where you're calculating when you're about to promote someone like, oh, well, she might be gone, right? Um, so gender neutrality is a really important piece of policies. And when we wrote the book, we wrote it for any parent, whether you're you know, surrogate, whether you are adopting, whether you're fostering, whatever way that you're forming your family, all the 10 touch points absolutely still apply. And that was really important to us um, to include uh, in the book and make that accessible for everyone. This book is actually the first of its kind to offer an evidence-based approach to parental leave in a book form that's for any parent, right? There are books out there, if you go and look, where they're talking to working mothers, perhaps, and they're kind of giving you like the whole big picture, not just parental leave, but the whole gamut. This is a huge gap in our culture where we don't even give parents the tool and much in the workplace, but not even in a book, right? Where they can go and figure out the best way to handle this enormous life transition. So we, you know, of course we want everybody to read the book, but we also look forward to the time when there are lots of books out there and lots of resources. And this just becomes, you know, something that's readily available. Well, hats off to you and Amy for delivering a first of its kind. That's incredible. Obviously something that's been needed for a long time. So thank you for your work on the book. Um, the play, the playbook items also, you know, you've, we've talked a lot about communication, setting expectation with managers. There's also some really great information on like how to keep your career moving along your career trajectory, um, strengthening your family, you know, while being a working parent and, you know, not having to sacrifice your professional goals for, you know, also wanting to have a family. Mm -hmm. Can you talk um, a little bit about some of those other sections of the playbook? Sure, absolutely. So the I think the returning from leave section is kind of my favorite. We break it into three sections and those 10 touch points are sort of scattered across those sections. So first you have preparing for leave, then you have during leave, and then you have returning from leave. And returning from leave is really where the rubber meets the road, right? That's where you're integrating this new identity where, okay, I'm still at my job, but I also have this new little person at home and all of my roles and identities are shifting, but I still am walking in the door and looking like the same person, right? So oftentimes we do see people reevaluating their choices at that point. That's completely fine, but we don't automatically need to assume that we're like, oh, now that I have a child, I need to really like step down from the hardest assignments or change my you know, trajectory. And maybe I don't want that promotion just yet. Uh, sure, that happens. And that's a perfectly valid choice. But there's also the opposite where you're like, oh, wow, I'm realizing like my efficiency and my productivity level can be more than I ever thought they were because I want to get home to my kid. Right. So I can bust it out. And I'm like now this even more amazing rock star at work and I can accelerate my career development, perhaps. Or some people want to stay on the same track. It's really important in management from a management level again, not to make assumptions for that new parent. 
Um, so from a managerial point, you can come in as more of a coaching style and just open up the conversation of, all right, well, I know um, your these are what your goals looked like at your last performance review, just checking in and seeing how you're feeling about it now, right? And don't automatically not offer them opportunities because you think they you know don't want to travel. Let that parent um, make their own determination about what they want. And as a parent, you can like, don't be surprised at yourself, right? Because you think one thing before you have a child, and I know you both have kids, right? You think things are going to be one way, and then you come out the other side and you have a completely different attitude once the reality of the situation hits. So just be open to that, right? You don't need to make it mean anything about failure or what your retirement's going to look like, right? You don't need to tell yourself a bunch of negative stories. Try to create the kind of life that you want in the moment that feels good to you, that honors your values and be looking ahead to where you may want to get to as well, right? There's a lot of both and in parenting and in navigating the parental leave transition. Um, You don't have to think in this really binary way. Well, now I've had a kid, so that must mean this, right? There's a lot of both and. And Um, This is something Amy pointed out to me, which I thought was really amazing. Because the United States does not have a paid leave policy, right? We don't have a blanket, universal, paid parental leave, anything. Different states have different policies. So if you're in one of nine states in D.C., you may have it. And that's obviously not a positive thing overall. However, it has forced a lot of creativity And actually gives people a lot of different options to explore and reinvent our way of doing things, right? So within a company, you could be the trailblazer and say, actually, this is how it can be done. People can have flex schedules. People can be remote for certain periods of times. People can use their family intermittently, right? You can do some trailblazing and help create the culture, and lead the culture and try to make it better for the next set of parents coming along behind you and improve your particular situation as well. So on that note, the question I had, we talked a little bit earlier, I asked the question of like, what's taking companies so long? Why aren't they doing this? What have you seen? And potentially the reason people aren't doing it is probably because they haven't seen anybody else do it, mm-hmm. right? They're afraid to kind of take that leap and do it themselves. So what have you seen in terms of like the best parental leave policy and perks within a company? Like, I'd love to hear some great stories on what companies are doing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got some. Um, so what we know from the research, not just in the U S actually mainly from other countries is there's a bit of a sweet spot, um, in terms of leave. So the three months of leave that was being proposed for the U.S. under Build Back Better, which has been whittled down and, you know, we may not even see any of this uh, ultimately, but it, it was three months. Three months is actually the absolute bare minimum of what the research recommends, right? So three months uh, at home with your new child or your newborn particularly um, is the bare minimum of what is going to serve that family well. Um, six months is a really nice sweet spot. If we go beyond six months, some of the data shows that that parent has a hard time reintegrating into the workforce, right? They feel disconnected. They have a loss of confidence. There are things that can happen if you're gone too long. Um, so we like to see somewhere between four and six months, 
a bare minimum of three months. There are a lot of companies. You'll remember um, if you were paying attention and maybe you weren't because you didn't have kids at the time, but um, probably like six or seven years ago, there was sort of a rash of announcements, particularly in high tech. They were having, you know, amazing talent wars. Uh, and there was this rash of announcements about parental leave packages, family leave packages, um, and, you know, all of these fringe benefits as well. Like, we'll give you a, a diaper stipend and we'll give you milk stork and well, all of these wonderful things, which are absolutely wonderful. But that is where a lot of the really progressive companies came in with, you can have four months, you can have six months. Um, and that's really a beautiful thing to see. Uh, so that in terms of length, there's that aspect of it. There's also just the flexibility when you return, right? That you don't go from spending every waking minute with your baby to now um, you're working 50 hours a week again or 40 hours a week or whatever it is in your particular work culture. Um, that can be very jarring for a lot of parents. Um, and, you know, childcare is a real thing in this country. There are a lot of challenges around childcare. So having that flexibility to allow parents to come back intermittently at first, um, to ease back in at part-time, you know, just to work remotely a few days and not be back in the office every day. Those flexibility practices can make such a huge difference in the stress levels for new parents and then their ability to perform when they are at work. Um, and then, of course, there are all the lovely sort of benefits of, well, we'll help you find childcare or we'll subsidize the childcare. Um, all of those things are all lovely, right? And just imagine you're a new parent, um, you know, you had to take unpaid time off of work. Um, now you have to pay for childcare. You have medical bills associated with having your child, right? That's an enormous amount of stress and burden. And not to say that companies should have to take all of that burden away, because in other countries, that's not how it works, right? Like the, the government helps with laws and policies. The employers may help a little. In America, it's been really sort of dysfunctional, and employers are expected to solve all of these problems. So we definitely need a national paid leave policy. But the more an employer can do, the more likely they are to retain that parent and to really help them bring their best to work and have their best for home as well. Mm-hmm. Well, those were some lovely examples. There's probably a lot of people listening that are like, oh man, I'm oh, done having, yeah. yeah, I'm done having my kids, but that would have been a, a wonderful benefit to take advantage of. You know, we've talked a little bit about um, just how far behind the U.S. is from other countries. So maybe as um, we're wrapping up our time together today, if there are individuals that are interested or really passionate about this topic and want to try to make an impact, um, you know, at the lawmaker level, what are some suggestions that you would have for those individuals? Is it at the state level? Is it higher? Um, where where can they get the most bang for their buck? if you will? Well, right now is really a crucial moment for um, parental leave at the federal level. So the more you can do to let your representative know that you support paid leave and you want to see that in any plan, you know, big infrastructure plan or whatever it is that's coming out, the more you can make that noise, the better. And there are a lot of wonderful policy groups that um, Amy works very closely with who are doing that work right now. Moms Rising, um, I'm, my name is going to space. I'll give you some more names for the show notes and some links. 
so people can just get involved. And it can be really quick, right? That they've set up these amazing tech pieces where you can go click a link, fill out a couple of fields and send off a note and sort of add your voice to the cause. But it's really, really important that parents um, step up and say what we need right now. And it's really this vicious cycle because parents are the ones who are like too busy and too wrapped up to really get involved in politics in a lot of ways. And so we're kind of being shut out of what we need and don't even understand like the, the moment. If we don't get paid leave now um, within the next you know year, it's very unlikely that we'll have another opportunity to get it within another generation. And that's very, very sad. Um, there are a lot of wonderful groups who are, you know, all in trying to make this happen and you can add your voice in five minutes and it really will make a difference. Well, we, I, I know I personally would be very interested. I'm sure, you know, Mike and his family are too. And I know our listeners will. So yeah, please send us what you have and we'll make sure that we add those to the show notes. And as we're closing out, um, you know, for, for those listening, you've heard Amy's name mentioned a couple times today. We were hopeful that Amy could join us for this podcast, but some things came up and she wasn't able to grace us uh, with her, her presence today. But if you could, Sue, share where people can connect with you, but also maybe where they can connect with Amy um, as well, if they are not only interested in, um, you know, the Center for Parental Leave Leadership, but also the the playbook book um, and just connecting with the two of you on these topics. Yes, absolutely. So we love to hear from people, um, whether they're from companies or their parents. So you can go to cplleadership.com. That's our website. Um, if you get the parental leave playbook, we actually, they wouldn't let us make the book as long as we wanted to. So we have um, a link in there that will get you access to a resource bank, um, where you can download, you know, um, action plans and checklists and all of these things. Uh, so that's really important as well. If you're going to get the book, you may as well get all of those resources as well. If you want to reach out and connect with us, you can, uh, email info at cplleadership.com, and that will get forwarded to either Amy or I or another member of our team. Um, And then finally, of course, you can follow us on social media as well. Uh, Amy is really excited to build our Instagram presence. So that's at cplleadership. Wonderful. Well, it was such a pleasure, Sue. Thank you so much for being here today for uh, sharing all this really critical information with our listeners and um, maybe in the future, um, maybe if we can all cross our fingers and we'll see some of these laws be passed, we can have both you and Amy back on to do some celebration together. Absolutely. We would, we would love that. Thank you both so much for your thoughtful questions. And I know you both really care about the issue. So thanks very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of What the HR. If you want to hear more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever platform you're listening through now. If you enjoyed the podcast, do us a favor and share with your network, your boss, or your CEO. Help us get this podcast in front of anyone who wants to know what HR looks like when done well. Also, if you have any questions for show topics or people you'd like us to interview, please email Mike and I at podcast at tcsherm.org. That's podcast at tcsherm.org. If you want to find out more about Twin City Sherm or our upcoming events, please visit our website at tcsherm.org. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And finally, if you're not already a member of Twin City Sherm, 
please use code WHATTHEHR at checkout to receive $20 off your membership. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode. Thank you.